0: Is done, and he he shared this word, and I'm going to share this with someone who needs to hear this. He says, in accordance to Mark chapter 10 verse 27, he says, no matter what your situation looks like, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what the people are saying, no matter what the enemy is saying, not what even what your emotions are saying. God told me to share this word with you. He says, in accordance to Mark chapter 10 and verse 27, he says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, with God, all things are possible. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, with God, all things are possible. Now point to yourself and say, hey, I wanna let you know that with God, all things are possible. And In, in fact, he asked, the question was asked, is there anything too hard for God? And the answer to that question is absolutely unequivocal, beyond the benefit of doubt. No, there is nothing that's too hard for God. And all he's asking you to do to believe, all he's asking you to do is stand on that word that there's nothing that's impossible with God for all those who will make the decision to Believe, Glory to God. Well, again, good afternoon. Good evening. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. On behalf of Minister Joanne and the entire Ignite Nation, we want to welcome you to Ignite Depot, where our goal, our vision every time is to do three things, to to ignite life, purpose, and identity within our generation. We're here in accordance to Acts chapter 13 and 36 to serve our generation and our goal and that is our mission that is our plan and we we labor to do that each and every time we get before you each and for each and every podcast for each and every broadcast for each and every meeting small group meeting the whole goal is to ignite life and purpose within ignite life purpose and identity within our generation so we're going to jump right in we're I mean, we got a lot to go through tonight, but we're going to jump right in. I guarantee you, if you come with ears to hear, just make that decision right now. Just say with me, I make a decision to have ears to hear. I believe I have ears to hear. I have eyes to see, and my heart is open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change my life forever. If you make that decision, I guarantee you, God will meet you right at your level of expectation. So, are you expecting with me? Go ahead and pull it on and say, God, give me everything that's in that man of God tonight, man. And I'm telling you, it's a lot, it's gonna be a right down and word for you in Jesus' name. Now I'll make this declaration and we're gonna we're gonna jump right in because God wants to reassure some people tonight, and He meant it's so good, it's so good. And according to Isaiah 61 and 1, it says this, it says, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord of the avengers of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to give unto them the the mourning Zion, to give unto them the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he might be called that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste cities and they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Now he's talking about all those who have the spirit of the Lord upon them they will go out and do great works and do great exploits. Why? Because you have God super on your natural, which makes it supernatural. Say that with me. I have God super on my natural, which makes it supernatural. Glory be to God. So you are supernatural. In fact, if I was to say it this way, there's more to you than meets the eye. You know how Superman, Superman is Clark Kent by day, but when he hears a situation, a circumstance goes on, he doesn't have to go and try to become Superman. All he has to do is he rips his shirt off and takes his jacket off, glasses off, and then... It's already in him. And I'm telling you tonight that it's already in you. You have God super on your natural, which makes you supernatural in the name of Jesus. Now, if I was to give this message a title, the title is, you are supernatural and God is gonna do great exploits in the earth through you. He's, He's wanting you to, 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 refocused, to get refreshed, to get re-spired up, to get restored back to the place you were before, before life started happening, before ever all these situations and circumstances and COVID and wars and rumors of wars and all these things begin to happen, God wants you to get back to the place you were with him before, where you hungered and thirsted after righteousness. When you long to be in his presence, when you long to hear his word, when you meditated on his word day and night, to the point that you talk like it, you walk like it, you act like it, you praise like it, like the word of God was true. He says, I'm calling my people back to that place. Back to that position, back to that hunger and thirsting after my righteousness. He says, "There's a great outpouring that's taking part in, uh, taking place in the earth right now, and He's pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh." And man, I tell you, it's going to be a mighty, mighty time. And God is looking for you. He's looking for me. He's looking for all the members in the body of Christ. And He's like, "It's time to go to work. Roll up your sleeves, so we can get down to business. Roll up your sleeves, so we can get to work in the name of Jesus." If I was to give this message a title, title of this message would be, You Are Not Alone. You are not alone. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity in your word. I thank you that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it continue to be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Move across all the airways. Move across these podcasts. Move across these social media platforms. Move across the city, across our province, across our nation, right now in the name of Jesus. I'm a covenant with you, Father, for miracles, signs, and wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me in the way that I should go. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your word will wash our minds and wash our ways of thinking, and that we will be transformed by your word. We will be renewed by your word. We will be refreshed by your word. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Let us all say hey, amen and glory be to God. Now, last week we were talking about, you know, it's not automatic. And we was talking about from the position of Hosea chapter 4 and 6, where God says, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge, and a lot of times people when they hear that scripture, they stop right there. My people are destroyed. Like now, mm, see, I don't have no knowledge. If I had knowledge, and I would, you know, they say, you know, they used to say this thing: if you know more, you if you know better, you do better. But God says this in Hosea chapter four. He says, "My people are being destroyed for their lack of knowledge." But he goes on. He says, "Because you have rejected the knowledge." Now you pause and you think about that is not saying that there was no knowledge that was available what he's saying is even though knowledge my knowledge is is available to you you are actively rejecting my knowledge and you're saying you know what i don't need your knowledge i'm gonna stick with the things that i already know thank you god but i'm doing fine just by myself and god says my people are being destroyed for their lack of knowledge and he says because they have rejected my knowledge. He says, I also will reject you from being my priest. He's talking to the priest. He says, for me, he says, because you have forgotten my laws. You have forgotten the laws of your God, the laws, the statutes, God's way of doing things. He says, I also will forget you. He also goes on to say, and I believe it's in the book of Job when he's talking about how his people, people actually were saying, We don't want the knowledge of God. We don't want the word of God. We're fine with what it is that we have right now. We're good. We, you know, thank you very much, but I don't need your information. I have my own version of truth. Friends, let me help you. If you do not have the truth, then you are walking around in deception. It has to be said. I mean, I mean, there, there's no pretty way to say if somebody's walking around in deception without just coming out and saying it, my friend, you are walking around in deception. In fact, Jesus went so far to say this in John chapter 8, verse 31. He says, He says this, John chapter 8, 31. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and it reads as follows It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. He says, if you abide in my word, in my statutes, in my laws. He says, if you abide in my word, he says, you are my disciples. Now, the disciple is a disciplined one. A disciple is a student. A disciple is a follower. He says, if you continue, abide in my word. That word abide means live in, take up residence in. I mean, that becomes your way of life. If my word becomes your way of life or you are living with it, you're feasting on it, you're hungering and you're thirsting out. He says, then are you my followers? Then are you my students? And did y'all see that word in there? Di- Disciple, you are my disciplined one. You are my disciplined one that my word in your life is the final authority. He says, then are you my disciples? Not just in your word, but you are my disciples in deed, and you shall know. That word know means intimately know the truth, and that truth shall make you free. Now, if God says my people are destroyed for for their lack of knowledge because they are rejected in knowledge, and Jesus says, hey, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and that truth will make you free, then we need to find out What is he talking about? What truth is he referring to? And we're going to help you find that out tonight in the name of Jesus. God wants you to know the truth so that you are not swept away and deceived by a lie. And we're going to start out just in, in the situations, circumstances that we're dealing with today. I mean, you know, you've had COVID going on. You've had inflation going on. In some places they've had shortages. You have seen people, you know, losing their job, losing their home, losing their families. You've got wars over, over in Ukraine and Russia's coming against them and threats all over the world. And people are like, man, where is God in all this? What in the world is going on? On. well see the thing about it is is long before any of this thing came about jesus already foretold that there was going to be troubling times turn with me if you will over to matthew chapter 24 glory be to god and i'm going to be reading out of the amplified version matthew chapter 24 glory to god god wants me to remind you even in the midst of troubling times you are not alone He says this in Matthew 24, verse three says this. While he, talk about Jesus, was seated on Mount Olive with the disciples. Who are the disciples? The followers, the students, the disciplined ones. They came to him privately and said, tell us when will this take place and what will be the sign or the indicators of your coming and the end, the completion, the uh, consummation of this age of grace. Tell us, we want to know, one, when are these temples going to be falling down? What's the indicator of your coming? And what's going to be indicators of the end of this age? So Jesus is actually, in in the first, they're asking three questions. So you can't say, hey, I I only want to know part of, he answered three questions between Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. I, I encourage you to go back and read it. And this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said as uh, responded to their question, Jesus said this, verse four, and Jesus answered them, he said this, be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you, and leading you into error, so God said, and my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge, they, not because knowledge wasn't available for them, but they're rejecting the knowledge that I made available to them, but Jesus said, but if you continue in my word, then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free, and the First indicator of the, the, uh, the completion of this age or the consummation of this age or the, the, the closing of this age is deception. Deception is going to be running rapid. Jesus said, as he says, see that no, be careful, be mindful that no one misleads you or deceiving you and leading you into error. If Jesus said that, then you must know there must be opportunity. For that to happen. Let's go on and read it. He says, "For many, not just a couple, not just a few, but many will come in owns the strength of my name uh, uh, approaching the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah." And they will lead many astray that's why he said you gotta know the word for yourself see if you're a disciple and you're continuing that word and you're living in that word and you're walking in that word and that word has become the final authority in your life when deception comes because you have spent so much time in the word you will be able to pick it up but if you don't study to show yourself approved, according to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, if you don't study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you don't study for yourself, somebody can come in, sounds good, looks good, sounds like something you heard before, but take the word out of context and what will it cause you to do? It will cause you to be misled. It will cause you to go astray. He goes on to say, and he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said, see that you are not frightened, or trouble, Jesus says. Even when you hear about wars and rumors of wars, and and all these things going on, see that you don't be troubled and that you don't be frightened. So He's saying you can you can determine whether you're going to get into fear, you can determine whether you're you're going to be frightened. He goes on to say. He says this. He says. He says, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. He goes on and says, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom and there will be famines and there will be earthquakes in places after place. All of this is but the beginning, the ber- early birth pains of the, uh, the, the end of this age. So Jesus said, all this is but the beginning, the early pains of the, ber- of the birth pains of the intolerable anguish. In other words, as this age is going coming to a close, a new age is going to be birthed. And if you know anything about childbirth, when a woman gets ready to have that baby, she goes into what they call labor, and she begins to work. And what happens? And her body begins to contract, and her body begins to get pressure, and her stomach has pressure, and is working to do what? To push the baby out. To push the baby out so that the a baby can be birthed a new person could be birthed and he says it's the same thing when it comes to a new age when a new age is coming he says it's gonna it's gonna be a one age is ending and a new one is beginning. He said, there's going to be a birthing. And he says, and even when your own situations and circumstances, and when God has taken you from glory to glory from an, this level to another level to another level, you go through what's known as a birthing process where you got to push. And it's not always comfortable. In fact, it'll be very uncomfortable. In fact, you will be wondering what in the world is going on. Lord, what's going on with me? He says, it's a birthing process when you give birth to that new thing that I'm doing in your life. But what did God tell you? What did Jesus say? He says, see that you don't be frightened and see that you don't be troubled. What? What is those things? Fear? What is that? Sadness? What is that? Depression? All of those are emotions. Now, God gave you emotions, but God never told you to be led by your emotions. Why don't you want to be led by your emotions? Because though, if you ever looked up the word, def- if you ever looked up the definition of the word emotion. Do you know the word emotion literally means to move from? If you are led by your emotions, your emotions can move you from the very place that God wants you to be. It can move you from the very person God called you to be. It can move you from the very church he's called you to be. And it it can move you from the very position that God has preordained from the foundation of the world for you to be in and he's telling you don't be led by your emotions when you see these rumors when you see these wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines and all place after place and you see nation rising up against nation and kingdom going against kingdom you see and all these birthing birthing things going on he says see that you don't be troubled see that you don't be frightened and by all means do not be led by your emotions that can lead you away from the very place that God has called you to be. What what are you gonna have to do to be able to do that? (laughs) Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, glory be to God. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 talks about what you're gonna have to do in order to be able to not be led by your emotions and keep you from being Deceived or misled or led astray. He says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Again, I'm reading out the amplified version, and it reads as follows. It says, Keep and guard your heart with all diligence, all vigilance, and above all that you guard. For out of it, what? Your heart flows the springs of life. Another translation says it this way, and King James says, "Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues of life." What is your heart? Your heart is the real you. Your heart is your spirit man. Your heart is not your pump that's pumping in your heart. The heart is not your emotions, but the heart is the real you, the, the your your spirit man. And according to the First Thessalonians chapter five twenty three, it says this: it "says You are a spirit that possesses a soul, which is your mind." Your will and your emotions, and you live in a physical body, so you are a spirit. So when it's talking about your heart, guard what goes into your spirit, what you what you're feeding in your spirit, because it will. And, and how do you, how does it come into you through what goes through your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, your thinker, your filler, and your chooser. So whatever you're allowing to come through, your eyes come into your ears or coming out of your mouth goes directly into your heart. So the more that you feed on information, if you're being led by, mis- by bad information, it goes into your eyes, into your ears, and you begin to say it, it goes right down into your heart to the point it begins to develop a pattern of thinking in your heart. Do y'all see that? It begins to change. It will change your nature. You can do the same thing with the word of God. The more the word of God gets on the inside of you, it will begin to change the way you think. It will change the way that you respond. It will change how you are led. If you feed on stuff that is contrary to the word of God, it's going to affect what you think. It's going to affect how you feel. It's going to change how you respond. It's going to change your perspective on how you see things. The principle works the exact same way. The difference is, is the word of God, like Jesus said, the truth, which you're going to get into your heart to make you free, or is it, is it going to be everything else, all this other information, that's going to cause you to get into fear, that cause you to be led by your emotions, that will cause you to be led away, and cause you to be led astray. Do y'all see that? Glory to God. He says, guard your heart. He says, guard it with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it, your heart, flow the springs of life. Goes on to say in verse 24, put away from you false and dishonest speech, and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Why? Because what goes out of your mouth goes into your ears, goes down into your heart. Do y'all see the pattern? Okay, great. He says, let your eyes, see? See? Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Consider well the path of your feet and let all your ways be established and ordered. Turn not to the aside to the right hand or to the left, remove your feet from evil. So he's telling you, you gotta guard what goes through your eyes. You gotta guard what's going in your ears, what's coming out of your mouth. Why? Because your speech, causes it to go in your ears. It goes down in your heart. Your eyes see goes down into your heart. And what will what happen, whatever's in your heart, we talked about this last week, a tree, a, a, a evil person cannot, out of the evil deposit of their heart, bring forth good fruit. Nor can a per, a good person, out of the good deposit of their heart, bring forth evil fruit. Out of, it says this, out of the abundance of your heart, Matthew chapter 12 to 12 I believe us verse 34 out of the abundance of your heart your mouth will speak remember he says you got to guard what comes out of your mouth he says let know he says put away from you a false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you contrary to what contrary to the word of god you are not alone See, it goes on and says, you know, we was talking about, you know, if I'm not supposed to be listening to things contrary, I'm not supposed to be seeing things contrary, I'm not supposed to be saying things contrary, I'm supposed to be walking in the opposite direction of those that are, are contrary to the truth, what is the truth? That truth that Jesus is talking about in John chapter 8, 31 and 32, he says that truth, if you continue in my word. And you will know the truth. You are my disciple thee, and you will know the truth. And that truth will make you... Clear. What is the truth? John chapter 17, verse 17 answers that question. Jesus said it, but we're going to re- we let every word be established by two or more witnesses. What is truth? Now, John 17, 17, again, out of the Amplified Version, reads as follows. It says, sanctify them, or purify them, or consecrate them or separate them for yourself. Make them holy. How is he going to sanctify you? How's he going to purify you? How's he going to consecrate you? How's he going to make you holy? By the truth. What is the truth? God, your word is Truth. So even when Jesus is, prop, is, is telling you in Matthew chapter 24 about these wars and rumors of war and all these things are coming, and don't be frightened and don't be afraid. Why? He says, because I'm telling you this, uh, and the reason why I can tell you don't be frightened and don't be afraid because all these things are only birth pains. Why is he able to tell you that? Because he's speaking the word of God, and that word is truth, and that word that is truth is able to make you free Free of what? Free of fear. Fear, Free from being troubled. Free from worrying. Free from being concerned. Free from being depressed. Why is it able to do that? Because God cannot lie. If he said it, it's done. Like the song said, he said it, I believe it. He said it, and it is done. God cannot lie. And even though I'm sharing all this with you right now, he says, there's another part that I need you to share with my people. He says, I, first of all, I wanna tell you about all the situation and circumstances going on. This is no surprise to God. God said, through, through Jesus, all these things are gonna happen, but I need you not to be afraid. I need you not to be troubled. He says, cause all these things are birth pains. All these things must happen. You can't pray this away. You can't make it go away. He says all these things must happen, but don't be in fear. Don't be afraid. Why? Because the greater one is on the inside of you. John chapter four, uh, first John, first John chapter four talks about how, uh, the greater one's on the inside of you. Greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. Because God, when he created you, he already had a great plan for you. This is actually Palm Sunday. Uh, our, this is the weekend we celebrate Palm Sunday when Jesus made his triumphant entrance into the nation, into, into the city, riding on the coat. And he's coming in and everybody's singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name, Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna, and, and, and they're singing songs, and and they're celebrating his triumphant entry, not, not knowing that less than seven days later, they will be saying, crucify, crucify, crucify. That's why you cannot get caught up in what people say is their truth. If their truth doesn't match his truth, which is God's word, then they are actually operating in deception. And God sent me here to share with you today. I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to be misled. I don't want you to be walking around thinking that you're operating in truth and find out you are far from it. I'm gonna share this with you because many people say, "What's the big deal about Jesus coming anyway?" I mean, what's up with that? What's the big deal, man? He told me to share this with you. He says, and first he says this in John chapter 10. I'm reading out a New King James Version. I'm gonna share this with you. This is what he said. He says, the thief, talking about your adversary, uh, uh, the devil, His which is really an adjective to decide, describe what he does, because he is, that's Diablos. Means he's a penetrator. And what he wants to try to penetrate is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you choose. And he does that by presenting information that is contrary to what it is the word of god has to say he will say you know god is the one to put the sickness and disease on you because he wants to teach you something well the problem with that is is jesus took 39 stripes plus one for every sickness and disease and he said he did it back in isaiah chapter 53 that by his stripes you are healed he took all those stripes for sickness and disease so that you would have to deal with it now does that mean that you won't ever be attacked by it no but it does mean that when you are Healing has already been made available to you. All you have to do is receive it. The thief, going back to John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes except to steal. He wants to kill and he wants to destroy. Now, we're going to share this on uh, this Good Friday, uh, our Good Friday Service is going to be at 6 p.m. if you can join us. But one, he wants to steal, he wants to kill, and then he wants to destroy. And this is what the father shared with me. He says he wants to first steal your identity. And th- so he wants to steal your identity so that he can kill your purpose and ultimately destroy your life. So he wants to steal your identity so he can kill your purpose and he can then go on to destroy your life. Now, but Jesus said this, he says, that's what the adversary wants to do. He says, but I have come that that you might have life, he says, and they, they might have life more abundantly. The Amplified Version says, Jesus came that you might have life in abundance to the full." until it overflows. He doesn't just want you to have life. He just doesn't want you to have the God kind of life. He doesn't want just want you to have eternal life. He says, but I want you to have life on earth, just like it is in heaven. That's the God kind of life. And he says, I came to make it available to you. So when he was riding into, into the city on that coat, he had you and me and mine as he was riding on that coat all the way in. He knew that he, he was riding like a champion. He says, cause he was coming to the fight and he knew at the end of the fight he was gonna be crowned victorious. And when he won the victory and we accepted what it is he had made available for us, we too would have the victory in Jesus' name. He went on to say in verse 11, he says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Many people talk about, man, I'm your ride and die, man. I mean, I'm with you to the end, brother. I mean, you know, Peter talked to, Jesus, I'm with you, man. If, if you die, I'm dying. If you going down, I'm going down. Man, it, it's me and you, Jesus. I don't know what the rest of these job was going to do, but Jesus, me and you, me and you. But Jesus said, Peter, before the crow cocks three times, he says, before the crow crocks, he says, you're going to deny me three times. No, Jesus, I don't know, it must be one of them other chumps back here, but me, me, mm-mm, mm-mm, ain't gonna happen. And sometimes people say a lot of stuff. Maybe I'm with you to the end, no matter what, to, to death do us part. And then something happens. And then I guess death, they meant death of the love, but not, not physical death. Death do us part. Jesus says, I'm, so, I'm such a good shepherd. I don't just have sheep, but I'm willing to lay my life down. In fact, I gave my life for my sheep. That's how real my stuff is. And, and and he's legit. And he backs it up. And again, God can't lie. Jesus is just like, he, he is the he is a son, the son of God. He's also the son of man. And he can not lie. Well, he could, he chose not to. You and I, we don't have to lie. We don't have to deceive. We don't have to mislead because we can get into the truth. And that truth, we can fellowship with that truth. We can fellowship with his word and we can, we can be disciplined ones and we can be followers of that word and we can apply that word to our life. And that word, the more we get it on the inside of us, we get knowledge, we get comprehensive insight and understanding. And then he gives us wisdom, uh, shows us the right use of the word that we have gotten. And guess what it's going to do? Make us free. Glory to God. You could be free today all you have to do is receive it now he told me to share this with you because remember he says one of the indicators one of the indicators is glory to god hallelujah he says if you want to be set free right now just lift your hands just say father i receive your word right now father i receive my healing right now father i receive my deliverance right now Father, I receive my restoration right now. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross just for me. He's the good shepherd. He gave his life for the sheep. And I receive, I believe on Jesus right now. And I receive the God kind of life that Jesus came to give me. If you say that out of your mouth right now, trust me, you will receive that new life. You will receive that deliverance. You will receive that wholeness. You will receive that restoration in your life will never again be the same and then what are you going to do now that you've heard the truth about it what are you going to do you're going to do what it says in john chapter 8 verse 31 says this and they if you continue are you abiding my word and you will know you are my disciple my discipline my follower my student my the one who says my word is the final authority he says in And you will know, intimately know the truth, or you will intimately know the word, and that word is able to make you free. It didn't say set you free. It says the word will make you free. Now, why is that important? Why are you spending all this time talking about the importance of what it is the word of God has to say? Why are you telling us the fact that, you know, Jesus said this and, and you know, so that you will know what the truth is, so you're not being misled. The reason why we're God is spending his time telling you all these things is for this reason here. He says, because some will begin to fall away, even those who are in the body of Christ right now. Some of them have begun to fall away. They have begun to, to put their eyes on things that don't line up with the word of God or, or begin to let... Corrupt communication, or words that are contrary to the Word of God, begin to come out of their mouth because of what's going on in their ears, because of what's going on in their eyes. That's getting down into the heart. They're not guarding their heart. They're listening to all the news programs. They're listening to all the Facebook, reading all the posts. They're listening to the videos on YouTube to talk contrary to the Word of God. He says, "I'm telling you, you gotta guard your heart because if you don't, and that other stuff creeps in, what are you gonna do? You're gonna begin to fall away." How do you know that? First Timothy chapter four says it, verse number one. I'm reading again out of the New King James Version. It says this: It says, "Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times we are in the latter times. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed or giving attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines or teachings of demons. What are they going to be doing? They're going to be speaking lies in hypocrisy." Having their own consciences seared with a hot iron, forbidding, and some of those those doctrine the demons are this. They're going to be forbidding people to marry. They're going to be commanding you for abstain from foods that God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who will, who believe and know. They believe and know what they believe and know the truth. So even in the latter days, the Bible again prophesied that these things, are going. To, people are going, to, when people begin to depart, they don't just turn and walk away. It's a gradual process. And they begin to turn and turn and turn. And next thing you know, they still think they're doing everything that's right. But in reality, they are getting further and further and further away from the truth. Now, if there is God's truth in the earth, If there's God's word, which is the truth, then there's also the adversary, the the thief, who's trying to come and steal your identity, kill your purpose, and to destroy your life. He's going to come with another truth. And you know what that truth is? It is a perverted truth. It's a perverted truth. What does the perverted truth look like? Turn with me over to Isaiah chapter 5 in verse 20. God is telling you all this, because so he wants you to let you know, you are not alone in this. You are not alone in this. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says this. It says, woe to those who call evil good and call good evil. All you got to do is turn the news on, turn the TV on, and you see this left, right, and center. So the perverted truth, and I'm going to tell you why it's called perverted woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness who put darkness for light and light for darkness in other words they're changing the definition at one point in time it was defined from the light's position or according to the word of god this was considered to be truth and whatever is opposite of that truth is darkness now they're saying, no, what's darkness is now the light, and what's the light is now darkness. It's like, man, what's that called? Perverted. It's a perverted truth. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter? Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. These are the ones who are saying, I got my own truth. You got your truth. There is no absolute truth. There is an absolute truth, and the absolute truth is the word of God. It says this. It says Woe to those, hallelujah, glory to God, to those who are wise in their own eyes and are prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men uh, violent for mixing intoxicating drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice for the righteous man. Therefore, as the fire devours the stubbles and the flame consumes the shaft, So their root will be as rottenness and their their blossom will ascend like dust because they have rejected the laws or the teachings or the instructions of the Lord of hosts and despise the word of the Holy One of Israel. Does it sound like everything we've been saying from the very beginning? People are being destroyed because of their lack of knowledge, not because knowledge was not available to them, but because they have made a decision in their hearts, I don't want it. They're rejecting it. I don't want it. It doesn't go along with my political views. It doesn't go along with what it, my social views. It doesn't go along with what it is I want to do. It doesn't go along with the career I want. I want, I'm like Sprite, baby, you know, uh, uh, Sprite, you know, uh, obey your thirst or Burger King has this slogan, you know, your way right away. In other words, how, you know, uh, right, they've this, you've had this thing, YOLO, you only live once. It's like, man, your life's not your own. Your life's been paid for. In fact, you've been bought with a price. In fact, Jesus, remember he said, the good shepherd has laid down his life for the sheep. He's already laid down his life for the sheep, and as he was coming in on Palm Sunday, as he's coming in on that coat, he's coming in knowing that the end result of all that thing is going to be is you're going to have a right to the God kind of life, your life in earth just like it is in heaven. Now, you ask the question, why is it called perverted truth? What does the word perversion mean? I was reading this this week and I was studying it. And what does the word, when you say something is perverted, what does that mean? And according to Webster 1828, this is what the word perversion means it is the act of perverting. Watch this a turning from truth or propriety, a diverting from the true intent or object to change to something worse. So perversion means I'm going to turn from truth. I'm going to divert from the true intent or object. I'm going to change it to something that is worse. What That is exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. When God had given Adam and Eve, gave Adam and he communicated to Eve, you should not eat at a of the tree of all the other trees and knowledge of these trees you may freely eat. But if this tree that's in the center, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. The adversary came in the form of a serpent and he said to Eve, You shall not truly die. What did he do? He presented her with perverted truth. It's the same thing that's going on today. Man. Uh, well, well, I think it's okay for two men to be together. I believe that two women can be together. I don't see any problem with it. The issue with that is, is just because you change the purpose of a thing, it doesn't change the nature of a thing. The whole issue, if that's what you decide to do, that's between you and God. But this is the thing about it is, you cannot produce anything from that relationship except two people being with two people. If a man... Transit transitions and becomes a, a, a transgender woman. Biologically, all the workings on the inside are still that of a man. It has not, it, it's not a, it's not even hate. It is physically true. That man who had a surgery to become a woman still can't have a baby. Why? He doesn't present, he doesn't have a uterus. He doesn't produce ovaries. That's the whole situation. I mean, you know, if that's that's the scientific side of it, but the adversary will present it as truth. Other people will try to present that as truth. But you cannot, even if you try to change the purpose of a thing, you can't change the nature of that thing. The nature doesn't change. Regardless, it's just kind of like if you dress up a pig and you wash the pig up and put them in fine clothes, guess what's gonna happen? When that pig sees some mud, you know what that pig's gonna do? It's gonna run and die back in that mud. Even though you change the purpose of why you cleaned that pig up, you did not change the nature. That's the whole thing about the whole, uh, the whole, you know, male to male and female to female, and we wanna get married. I'm a wife and wife and husband and husband it 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 is not even is a person can choose to do that but according to the truth it, it even though, though you try to change the nature to try and change the purpose of a thing you have not changed the nature of a thing it's still the same no different than a woman a woman decides she wants to become a man she goes through the process she starts taking all those testosterone she might have the features of a man but there guess what internally she has all the workings of a female even though she might be calling herself john on the inside her workings are still like jane that's the whole situation that's not even hate that's the truth it's the truth even if you take it's the truth you can't and that's why they say, it, that's why things are being called, called perverted truth. When we're talking about perverted truth, when you're saying bad is good and now good is bad, you're perverting or you're turning away from the, the true intent to, and you're changing to something that is worse. So what, what's the big deal about that? Why are you spending all this time talking about that? Because there's no condemnation there's no condemnation. There's there's no condemnation in anything that's being said. Why? We don't condemn people because God doesn't condemn people. We love people, but we will always tell you the truth according to the word of God. Why? Because the truth makes people free. It makes people free. And we want to see people get free no matter what situation or circumstance you've been involved in you might be involved in a relationship like that right now you might be you might be cheating on your wife right now you might be cheating on your husband right now you might be lying you might be stealing you might be killing all kind of stuff what is what is god's attitude about that why is he telling me to tell you you're not alone in all this he says because i'm telling you all the truth because he wants you to be made free and the reason why he's telling you the truth is he says because there's no condemnation God does not condemn you. Did you hear me? God does not condemn you. Jesus doesn't condemn you. The disciples weren't there to condemn you. Pastors and leaders, apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers, we're not here to condemn you, but we are here to tell you the truth and that word may convict you or try to convince you, but there's no guilt trips here. None. And I want to share this with you because this is what he told me to share with you. He says this, he says, And according to Romans chapter 8, 34, you said, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. God doesn't condemn me. God doesn't condemn you. Look at my mouth, read my lips. God doesn't condemn you. How do you know that? He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, he says this, I'm reading out of the new King James version. And it says this, he says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God? who also makes intercession. He prays for us. Who, then he asks this question, who shall separate us from the love of God? Or who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And who can separate you from the love of Christ? Whether you say or not say, who can separate you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, go to God, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, or powers, are nothing present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord so what is he saying he says what can separate you from the love of God nothing you say God loves everybody God loves everybody what about the thief loves him what about the murderer loves him what about somebody who's an adulterer loves him how about somebody who's, who's flipping a nose and giving God the middle finger loves them what about the person caught in in a in, in a fornication loves them can i can i give y'all this word people make a big issue about same-sex marriage and it and and it is it's, it is a sin and I'm gonna check, but you know what's also sin heterosexual marriage oral sexes all that is still why because according to the truth According to the truth of his word, it falls under the same category, fornication, which is any type of sex outside of the biblical definition of marriage. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be born again and still be operating in fornication. Your situation is no different than somebody who's who's practicing a lifestyle of same-sex marriage. There's no difference. The, why? Because it's still the truth. So people get the adversary gets people to fight with one another about these issues. But God says sin is sin. It doesn't matter. You guess what else? A little lot, a little white lie is a sin. Cheating is a sin. Stealing stuff from work is a sin. Speeding. If you, if you speed down the highway and somebody pulls you over and gives you a ticket, you can't get mad at them because they are only enforcing the law, but you knew the law, but you broke the law anyway. But what did God says? Even if that's what's happening with you, even if that's, that's been your situation, he says there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. Remember, it all started with saying, man, I feel like I'm all alone. But God says, well, man, it's impossible, but not with God For with God, all things are possible. The greater one's on the inside of you. Jesus has already made Himself available to you. He already laid his life down for you. He came to give you life in abundance to the full, to it overflow. He told you all these things was gonna be going on in the earth. He also told you, don't be afraid. He says, but what you need to do is make sure you know the truth. Why do you need to know the truth? So you're not being misled and you're not gonna be deceived. He says, because one of the signs of, of the end times or the closing of this age, he says, in my return, is people are gonna be being deceived and misled, right, left, and center, and he says i'm telling you i have already given you the truth the truth of my word and if you continue in it it will make you free but you gotta guard your heart you gotta guard your eyes you gotta guard your ears you gotta guard what's coming out of your mouth why because out of your heart come the issues of life As a man thinketh in his heart, so he becomes or so he begins to do the way you think about a situation, the way you believe about a situation, the way you feel about a situation. Because remember, emotions will lead you away from what it is that he has for you. And I want to give you this and share this with you. He says to let you know that you are not alone. He says this. God says this in John chapter three. This is Jesus. He says, you know what? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen to this part, this is the part most people don't read. Verse 17 says this. John 3:17 says this: For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. God does not send pastors, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and leaders, and other believers to go into the world to condemn the world. But what did he do? He sent them to the world that the world through his son, Jesus, might be saved. That word saved means healed, delivered, set free, and made whole. So you're not alone. He sent his word, he sent his son. His son laid down his life. It's, he gave him, you know, he gave us his word. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to be able to teach you how to grow up in the things of God, so that you will know how to abide in that word and apply that word to your everyday life. And he he says, "Continue in my word. Abide in it. Let it be your compass. Let it be your guide. Let it be like a flashlight for you to lead you in the way that you should go, so that you won't get." Misled, you won't be misled. You won't be deceived. You won't be filled with perverted truth that will turn you from the original chin and turn you to something that's much worse. He says, "I didn't send my son into the world to condemn the world. I sent my son into the world that the world through my son might be saved. He'll deliver and set free." But he also he says, "He who believes in my son is not condemned. But he who does not believe." is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light, our revelation is coming to the world and the men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. People will prefer to walk around in darkness more so than the light, because their deeds are evil. But it never said that God was the one who made you walk around in darkness. He brought light. He brought the truth. He presented the truth. He gave the best he could give, he gave his son, Jesus. And as Jesus is coming in, riding on that coat, he has you and me in mind as he's riding in on that coat and he sees the finish line. He sees you and me accepting the free gift he made available to us. And he came and he gave us that life. He says, now receive that life and walk in abundance to the full until it overflows. You are not alone. I'm not condemning you. I love you. I gave my son for you all I'm asking you to do is come, come, receive what I have for you, come, receive what I made available to you, come, 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 and the easiest way to do that is in accordance to Romans chapter 10 verses 8, 9, and 10, which reads as follows, it says, the word of God is near you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved, Saved, healed, delivered, set free, and made whole. It says, for with a heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth, remember, out of your mouth flow the issues of life, but with your mouth you confess unto salvation, unto healing, unto deliverance unto being made whole. I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that with me. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you like to, or maybe you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you know you haven't been living the life, you have allowed yourself to get off into perverted truth. He says, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Remember, no condemnation. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to come back to me today. He says, or you know, you might have been living life, but you know, I just need it. I just want to have a fresh start. You want to hit the reset button. He said, you can do that today as well. And, he, and guess what? He says, <laughs> he says, he's standing here like the prodigal son's father did when he's seeing him. He's standing here with open arms. And he, he, this is what he said, come, you are not alone. Come, even though all these situations, circumstances coming on in your life. Come, even though all this stuff is going on all around you. Come, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Repeat this prayer after me. Say it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart. Say with me, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but now he's arisen. He's alive right now lord jesus come into my heart and save me now i repent of sin i'm sorry lord i receive your offer of forgiveness jesus you are now my lord your word is now my truth i receive the holy spirit i receive your love right now in jesus name Amen, amen, and amen. Well, glory to God, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or you rededicate your life, man, I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back into the kingdom, back into the right relationship, back into right position. Now, you ask the question, man, what do I need to do next? Well, you need to do next, you need to get into a good word-based church where it will teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God, about the love of God. Man, I believe I'd be or ID uh, Night Depot is that place, man, you can join us here each Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. each Saturday at 5 p.m. where we'll bring a life-changing word a life-giving word that will ultimately change your life forever so you can abide in that truth, and that truth will make you free. Man, if you're too far away, catch us on YouTube, catch us on Twitter, catch us on Facebook, have a watch party, invite some people over, get some popcorn, and some Kool-Aid, and have a good time in the Word and, and great fellowship with your friends. Also, if you can't catch us on YouTube or on one of the other platforms, man, catch us, catch the podcast at Ignite, the number two life that's ignite to the number two life uh pod audio podcast on it's on apple it's on amazon it's on google it's on uh iheart radio it's on spotify wherever you can get it share it with a friend man we're we believe again in igniting life purpose and identity within our generation now on behalf of minister juan and myself we want to thank you for joining us tonight and remember this you are not alone. What can separate you from the love of God? Absolutely nothing. God bless you.